Hello, and thanks for listening to Grace 91.1 FM and The Gate with Pastor Eric Kluth. The Gate is a program that focuses on the events, the happenings, the people, and the places in our local communities. All right, everyone, welcome to another edition of The Gate. Today is going to be uh, the second part of my interview with Sheriff Mark Lamb, the Sheriff of Pinal County. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and so... Great to be back. If you heard our last episode, uh, a lot of great information, you know, about our current status with police departments and, and our, you know, not only within Pinal County, but also across the nation and how today's culture of how the police department is viewed, you answered those questions wonderfully. And I would encourage people to listen to those back. And as we were ending the show, we were starting to talk about the uh, the COVID-19 and, and how that has hit our society. And um, last October, I believe, was it last October? No. When did you contract the coronavirus? June. June. Yeah, feels like it was last October. It's been so long, yeah, hasn't it? Was it was June. Yeah. yeah. So in June, so having the virus, does it change your views on like states being open or shut down? No. No, I mean, states should be open. I mean, you have to look at the, uh, the numbers in general. What we've done is we've had the media create a panic about this. 99.9% nine percent or 99.6% of the people that get it do not have major issues with it. Mm. Um, I think only 6% of the actual deaths were had no other comorbidity factors. Uh, the CDC says, shows when you look at their numbers, 93% of people who have passed away from this, and look, my heart goes out to those folks. This is a li- Every life is precious. 93% of those people were 75 years and older and had multiple comorbidity factors. So we not, we're not telling the people the true things, you know? And then a lot of the hospitals, when people say the hospitals are full, here's the way they talk about that. If there's 400 beds in a hospital, but they only have 10 beds for infectious diseases, and eight of those beds are, are full from infectious diseases, they'll tell you the hospital's 80% full for COVID. But it's not. There's only eight of 10 beds in infectious diseases that are full. Hmm. So they're they're at capacity for infectious diseases. So there has been a lot of misinformation. And what I've just really asked people to do is take a step back. Don't panic because we don't there's trust me, if people were falling over in the street, we I would be panicking right along with you. But they're not. Um, Yes, people have passed away from this. Yes, people have gotten sick. I get the flu, you know, every couple of years, too. I've been way, way, I was way more sick with the flu than I was with COVID. Um, it is a, it has become a very uh, sensitive and hot topic amongst people. And some people are very passionate one way or the other. I would just encourage you to please turn off the news uh, <laughs> because you're not getting your t- correct yeah. Or your social there. media feeds. Turn off the social <laughs> media feeds. I mean, or at least if you're going to have them on, understand that, what you're getting needs to be sifted through at a, a mm. really deep level. And this is a fluid thing. What you really need to look at in the end is what percentage of it contractions out of testing? Because what they'll say is, well, we're having a real influx in cases. Yeah, because you tested more people. Whether I test 10 people and, and or 100 people and 8 people have it or 1,000 people and 80 people have it, guess what? That's the same percentage. Mm. It's 8%. So that's really what you need to look at. Where are we at on that percentage? And then you need to look at 
um, hospitalizations, even that can be, you know, those numbers are not our true indicator. Look at the deaths, the curve on the going down on the deaths. So look, we need to, I had it. I don't change my stance. We need to be open. Your economy needs to keep going. People need to go out and work. I kept saying to the county, you were only focusing on public health, but you're not focusing on public safety and you're not focusing on the impact that public safety issues and lockdowns are having on people's health. Mm -hmm. Right now, we have an increase in suicides. I just had to do a video today. We're having about 14 overdoses a week of fentanyl a week. In, in Santan Valley. A week. A week. 10, 12, 14 overdoses in a week. Wow. So this is what we're creating by locking people down, by by panicking people, um, more domestic violence. Kids who their only sanctuary was to get out of the house. And now we've locked those kids up with, with abusive parents in many cases. Um, predators, sexual predators, all-time high. Why? Because all, every, all the kids are online. They're not looking at any of these impacts. My job is to look at that. Yeah. My job is public safety. And so I've been a vocal voice of reason to say, look, I get that we're dealing with this, but we're also dealing with this. And don't forget about it. It's just as important. To be honest with you, the majority of us are more, are, are great. We have a greater impact from the decisions they've made because of COVID than actual COVID. Hmm. Majority of us have been affected in our lives more than that. Lost jobs, unable to pay bills, um, family issues, depression. You know, as a pastor, yeah, I guarantee you, you've had yeah for sure increase in depression I, amongst I, your, your your parishioners. Yeah, I mean, and you're it's it's absolute truth of what you're saying is is saying like you know. I think overall, we have to consider the whole picture, not just one side of it. Yes, people are getting sick. COVID is real. No one's here to say that it's not. But I think that, you know, as I'm listening to you, you know, what's worse? A, a few days down, you know, for the average person at home or these kids getting abused? I yeah. mean, like to me, I, I, I don't want to get all emotional, but that really affects my heart, you know? It does to me too. You know that <laughs> last year... The FBI had 421 or 424,000 cases of missing children in the United States. Wow. 424,000 cases of missing children. Double the amount of COVID deaths in this country. And we didn't shut the country down to go look for those kids. Yeah. And that is what you should have done. If you want to talk about shutting the country down, let's go find the most innocent of our population and figure out where those kids went. Even then I wouldn't say we, you, you should shut it down. But what I, my point being that there are, there are other issues that we should be focused on. Yeah. I, every year, it's not just last year, every year over 400,000 children are going missing and we have lost our minds because you know, of a virus, of a virus that isn't like, I think it's like 99% or something recovery, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I could be wrong, but uh, it's a high percentage of recovery. And, and again, if well, it's 99%, if you're in the high risk category, oh. it's 99.6%. If you're, and for, you know, younger folks, it's it, the percentages hardly even registers on the percentage of 
of how it affects them. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to, and I don't think this is your heart either. We don't want to be insensitive to those who no. have gone through uh, this time of COVID because, like you said, everybody's been affected through it, either physically or, you know, job with a job or loved ones. Uh, it's just the point of where are, where's our focus? I, I think that sometimes you can go over, you know, the line on a certain topic more than you should. And I think that that's what we're talking about is like the hyper push of this virus when there's a lot more at the stake, you know, that there's a lot of other things that are yeah. happening. You know, I took that, a lot of heat because, and look, I know that people are listening today that are not going to like what I'm saying. I get it. I know that. Um, this is a perspective I would just ask you to weigh out my perspective along with everybody else, the, all the other information you take in. Mm -hmm. But when you walk out the door, if you're trying to reduce risk in this life, you're not going to do it. If you do, then you're going to have a very boring and mundane life and it's not going to be worth living anyway. You cannot reduce risk in this life. It is inherent. When you walk out the door and get in your car, you are at greater risk of getting in an accident than catching COVID. So you, those are things that people are discounting. We still have more people dying from cancer. We still have more people dying from obesity. We haven't shut down fast food. We still have more people dying from a lot of different things. And so I'm just saying, don't get tied up with what they want you to see, with what the media hype is, um, with what the government hype is. Unfortunately, we're in election year. I feel like it's been politicized large in part. I think everybody feels that way. Just take the information in, pray about it, find what you feel is best for you and your family. And that's where I come in as the sheriff. I support you and your family. Mm. If you want to stay home, I support it. If you want to go out and run your business and pay your employees and, and pay your bills and support your family, I support that. That's what I do as a sheriff. I support your right to go out and live your life. Yeah, because again, like you said in, in our, our first episode that you you didn't take an oath for the governor, you took it for the constitution, right? And you're, you're standing for freedoms that we have. This country is beautiful. We have a, a blessing with our constitution. You know, we have freedom. And, and I love that that's what we should be focusing on is holding on to our freedom. If if you want to stay at home, stay at home. If you like you said, you want to come to church, come to church, you know, but we have to be sensitive to others as well. Yeah. Do you feel like your viewpoint on COVID and how you're approaching it with your department is that like the common theme that you're seeing throughout other departments? No, unfortunately, I don't we're probably not the same. Now, a lot of those other agencies aren't they're not I remember when I just came out and I said uh, hey, look, I'm not going to uh, cite people or arrest people. I had a lady call me and and I talked and she understood a lot better. You know, we had a good chat. And at the end, she's like, well, you're the only person that's saying you're not going to do it. And I said, trust me, all of those other law enforcement officials, they're not doing it either. I'm either the only one that had the guts or dumb enough to say it <laughs> in the media, you know, and yeah. I, the majority of us feel that way. There are people that have gone over the top. Your local governments have passed mandates that I think are overstepping their bounds. Um, you have to remember, putting a mask on has an adverse risk effect too. It reduces breathing. You're breathing the same air back in. Yet government was okay to tell you to put a mask on in some places. And that actually created a risk for everybody not just the select few that were going to get COVID, it created a potential risk 
for everybody by telling them to put a mask on. I don't think that children, I think in a learning atmosphere, anybody who thinks that reducing a child's oxygen to their brain is the best learning uh, atmosphere, I'd have to argue with you all day long. And I don't think science is going to support you. Um, so mm -hmm. these are things that we have to weigh out. And I'm not looking... I'm the sheriff. I don't want to, you know, be the the police on 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 what is right and what is wrong. I just have a view that I feel like the majority of the people in this county support and understand that we we support freedom here, and that's what I want to continue to do. Yeah. Okay. So now, as we kind of move off of the uh, the COVID talk, I'm sure everybody's. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of COVID talk, <laughs> but it's important, you know, because I think that you know we're still in a state. You know, I was I just had uh, Mayor Craig McFarland in uh, on the show, and he was saying, you know, numbers are starting to tick up, you know, and you know we want to be respectful for our, our govern governing officials, you know, and and I absolutely love Mayor Craig McFarland. He's a great man, nice man. Uh, it's just the point is, is I, I think you got to be sensitive. You got to do what is right, uh, you know, for you. Uh, and then again, it goes back to what we talked in the first show. There is an importance of thinking of others, you know, so don't go down. And if somebody doesn't have a mask on, don't, you know, yell at them, you know, right. I mean, that's their freedom. That's their right. And so respect them. Okay. Moving forward. Prop 207 passed. Hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, I, I, I don't like drugs. I think that marijuana is not what it used to be. The THC levels are extremely high. Um, I've looked at other states where they've passed it. It's increased homelessness in those places. There has been other adverse uh, effects to those. I get that there's a lot of people that want to just be able to smoke marijuana and do it legally. And it's not that I'm telling you that marijuana is the worst out there, but the level of the THC that we're seeing, especially amongst the wax pens, you know, like the the BHO, the butane hash oil, the honey oil, or the wax pens, whatever they call it, um, that is extremely high in THC, and in many cases is a hallucinogen. Mm -hmm. So it can be, it has a lot of adverse effects on it. Sixty to seventy percent of all DUIs that we get at the sheriff's office now are DUI drugs, predominantly marijuana, some Xanax, some other pills. Um, so I think that people need to be educated now that just because it's legal doesn't mean you can drive with it in your system. It's just like alcohol. You can't drink and drive. You cannot smoke marijuana and drive. It is, it has an adverse effect and it impairs you while driving. Um, you know, it's the people's choice. Like I, I, I respect the people's decision. If they've decided that they want to make this legal, then um, as a sheriff, I respect that. I, I told you, I believe in freedom. I believe in the American mm -hmm. way. I don't like it. I think it's going to be detrimental to the family. And I think really what we've seen over the last 20 years are a lot of different laws and different um, government movements and, and thing to deteriorate the sanctity of the family and the unity of the family, which I think has been the strength for America for so long. So anything I think that takes away and, and causes the family to be less important or the, causes the family to deteriorate in any way, I'm not for. Um, you know, like I think alcohol is one of the most destructive drugs out there. I think alcohol ruins so many lives, but it's legal. So they, you know, hopefully we can manage it pr appropriately. Hopefully we'll work our way through the kinks and the bugs. And, and, uh, I can just guarantee the people as a sheriff that I'm going to continue to protect them in their communities and 
we're going to continue to do our job the best we can. Yeah. And, and I think that, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of it either. And quite honestly, I, I was very, you know, disheartened by it because I look at it not only just because, okay, it's a drug that's been legalized, but like you said, it's going to affect families. And, and people are not looking at, again, they're not looking at the other side of the coin in a sense, you know, like there's, it's, it's, there's just more than just saying it's legal and it's okay to have it once in a while for recreation use. But how's that going to, the domino effect, you know, of your kids, if they see you doing that and then whatever, mm-hmm. uh, it just is really, uh, I'll just say it's frustrating to me because again, it's not like people are thinking of others. They're not, they're only a lot of times only thinking of themselves and what they want to do mm-hmm. and, uh, and how it's going to affect our, our community and stuff like that. So how do you, how do you, how do you move forward with, I mean, I mean, marijuana has always been around and it's always will be around and deputies are trained to, to handle that. But is there any special training now with the, the proposition that has to, to come across the deputies of how to handle it? Well, I think one of the things is, you know, our canines have always been trained to sniff out marijuana. You're probably, that's probably going to change now. That'll, that'll be taken off of what your canines will look for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to have issues as far as you have to weigh it. Cause I think there's still a weight amount. I think it's, it's two ounces you can yeah, have on, on your you. person. So there are some things that we're going to have to go through and train. Like mar- marijuana was already, there was a lot of tolerance to it in the court systems. We were able, it's a class six felony, but we were able to actually cite it as a class one misdemeanor. So there had already been a lot of uh, changes and is it the end of the world? No, we're going to roll with it. We're going to adapt and overcome like we always do. Um, and I hope that I just ask that everybody out there just be responsible um, and, and remember that whatever you do, there are other people involved in this as well. Hmm. In the midst of, um, uh, and I'm moving on to another topic here, uh, it seems that there is more protesting in our country. Uh, in the midst of Black Lives Matter, the movement um, with the political, and and hopefully this is changing because hopefully we're coming out of the political season, you know, of elections. There seems to be like a negative, like out of control feeling. That's just my perception. How do you see like the positives as, as law enforcement sees these, you know, a lot of activists, a lot of protests, you know, like how as a, as a police officer, how do you see the positives in and how to treat it and how to move forward? You know, it goes back to controlling what you can control. Yeah. You know, you have to, you can control your behavior and how you respond to things. That's what you can control. And we need to continue to do our job in a professional manner um, I just ask people that t- it's it's so important that you understand information. Um, look and see where the money goes for groups like Black Lives Matter. Um, find try track the money. See if they are truly are doing good in those communities. I, I, look, if Black Lives Matter was truly about Black Lives, and I the, and people are going to you know not like this or not or like it, I don't know then you would see them in Chicago protesting where a lot of kids or lives are being black lives are being lost. That's those matter too. It appears that it only matters if it, if they were, if their life was lost at the hands of a police officer, that seems to be the only black lives that matter to that organization. Right. And what I'm saying is if you truly are black lives matter, then that organization should be everywhere where a black life is lost. 
in areas like Chicago. They should be doing the most amount of work in Chicago to fix, help fix that situation there. So I think that you have to understand where the money goes. I've looked at where the money goes. I'm not comfortable with where the money goes from that organization. And very, if little, if any of it goes to an actual cause, most of it goes to political candidates, um, a, a groups like the Tides Foundation, Planned Parenthood, um, a lot of different groups that I'm not for. And so uh, I just ask people to just understand the information when you're when you're dealing with these groups. Now, go on and watch the show Social The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Get, if you get a chance, go watch that show because it's going to show you the impact that social media and our news has on what on the civil unrest that's going on in our country. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, have you ever been around two dogs where the two dogs are there and they're kind of playing and you can kind of rattle, get them riled up and then they start fighting each other? And that's kind of what's happened here is they've gotten us riled up in society and now we're, they don't even have to come and police the mass things because we're policing ourselves or um, <laughs> right. we've created an issue from race where I think that this country is one of the places you have people that from other countries across this world that die to come here because they still know that this is the land of opportunity, that no matter what your country you come from or your color of your skin or your religion, you can come and be successful in this country. Some of the people that are crying the most foul are millionaires. They've been able to succeed in a country that they claim to be systematically racist. I find fault in that. I think that is there racism? Yes. There is always going to be. We need to continue to work through that. Do we need to treat each other better? Yes. Can we train our police officers better, more? I would love to. I would love to have the funding to do that. So yes, there are things that we can do better. But make sure you understand that you're not being used, like somebody's not just riling you up to go out and fight for something that doesn't exist. Yeah. Or at least is not the issue that you think it is. But the social dilemma is really good. It really lays it out. It shows you how well those uh, the uh, online social media companies, how they understand you and they will create division and do whatever they can because it's great for their product. Yeah. And I, I think what you said there is like, as far as training your deputies is, yeah, I would love to have the funding. And here we're talking about defunding, you know, the police departments, which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You, you know, can't, you can't do that. We that's ne- not a valid conversation. I mean, we need to pour into those who are protecting and serving us. And I'll tell you, there's people that say, well, we need more community programs. I'm going to tell you, the most of these communities have those community programs. The fact that you don't know they exist shows you how inept and dysfunctional they are. Mm. So why would you put more money into programs that aren't working already? So defunding is not the answer. You need more. You need for me to be able to go after child predators. I need 10 times the deputies I have Mm. for me to be able to stop the drugs coming in this community. I need 10 times the deputies I have. I would love to train them more. Here's the biggest thing. When I send a deputy out, he made the, the first call. He, so he walks out the door and he's fighting with his wife because he doesn't make a lot of money and he's got bills that need to be paid. So he leaves his house stressed because of he too has a home life. He too has bills and stress. He walks out the door and now he goes to the first call and it's a baby who's been molested, a one-year-old baby who's been molested by his father. 
Now he finishes that call and the next call he goes to is a suicide where he finds somebody hanging in a closet. What condition is that deputy in to continue to respond to calls throughout the day? Like what type of service is he going to be able to provide to the people that he's responding to? Right. I can't take him off the road. I don't have enough deputies. I don't have enough resources to take those guys off the road. And this is what we need. If you truly want to have a better, we need to have a place where we have more deputies so that when a guy encounters that, we can get him the help that he needs yeah. so that he can then respond appropriately to the calls that he needs to respond to. Yeah, because if you leave him on the road, it leaves him or her, uh, you know, to make a mistake, right? Well, we're human. We're human. We're human. We deal with emotions too. Like we're not, yeah. we have to see the worst of the worst. We see things in one day that nobody should see in their life. Yeah. We see those and we do it every day. And we sacrifice our families because they affect our relationships. They affect us long-term. We deal with the demons that we see and we deal and, and we fight. We, and we don't ask for anything. And then to turn around and have society turn their backs on us is frankly disgusting. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. So that, that leads into my la uh, last question for you is uh, how, can, how can you encourage our listeners uh, to show their support of those who are in law enforcement? You know, we live in a great county and I want to thank our li your listeners and those who live in this county and those who do... I think that studies show that 80% of people think law enforcement is doing a good job. The majority of the people in this country do support law enforcement. The media and certain groups would have you think different. That's just not the case. The majority of the people love their law enforcement. And we the, the support is just continuing to support us, um, showing us support in the public, being respectful when we do have to interact with you so that we can get through it as well, because we're not there to ruin your life. We just want you to be respectful. I know we got to close this one out. I just want to tell people, my wife has a book out, talks about, uh, it's called The Sheriff's Wife, holding it all together behind the scenes in politics where she kind of gets raw and real about what it's like to be in this, this life. And then I have one coming out in about 10 days called American Sheriff, Traditional Values in a Modern World, mm. um, where I talk about things that I think um, are lost in this world and, and things that have kind of helped me become who I am and hopefully it serves a little bit motivational for people. So Yeah, I'm excited to check those out and I'll have to definitely read that. And uh, uh, Sheriff, thank you so much. It's been a blessing. And I, and I hope that um, you, our listeners, have been very blessed by these conversations uh, the past two episodes. Uh, I know that I've been really blessed, I'm full of great information. So thank you for joining. Thank you. Me. Don't hate me. Pray for me. Yeah, yes. Pray for us. That's yeah. what we need more than anything. Pray, pray for our, for our, our those in leadership. Um, and definitely, I 100% agree with that. Uh, the Gate is a show that focuses on the events, happenings, the people, and the places within our local communities here in Central Arizona. Thanks again for listening.